You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Well, man, a lot to get into on the recruiting front. Good news, bad news, trends. Ooh, man. I know, I know Uh, (laughs) the topics are uh, out there. We'll definitely get into it right here uh, on Gators Breakdown. First, start with the good news. And always, we'll start with, you know, a a commitment anyway. Uh, Gavin Hill now uh, on Saturday committed to the Gators. So we'll get into that, what he brings to the table for the Gators. And then, of course, the um, storyline surrounding quarterback Jaden Rashada picking, choosing Miami over the Gators. I know other schools, LSU, A&M. Ole Miss were in the mix as far as graphics go. (laughs) But we know this was a Florida-Miami battle uh, toward the end that the uh, Hurricanes come out on top there. So there's the two topics, of course, uh, and also we'll get into uh, Roderick Kearney, a big offensive line tackle, choosing FSU over Florida uh, as well. So plenty of storylines to get into. As I said, good news, bad news. Um, and look, we knew Rashada was going to commit on Sunday, so and then Hill commits late on Saturday night, so felt best just to take it all in on uh, on Sunday. Uh, plus, enjoy, gotta enjoy the weekend a little bit there. So, uh, uh, but keeping up with all this, uh, the ever changing it seemed hour by hour behind the scenes update of Jaden Rashada, you know, kept me busy over the weekend too. So. Uh, We'll get into all of it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Before we move forward, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Really, really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. Let's get to 10,000 subscribers right here on YouTube before the season starts. Just hit that button. That's all it takes. All it takes. Really helps us out here. Check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown, newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, Big shout-out, Gators Breakdown Plus. Big wave of new sign-ups, new subscribers on Gators Breakdown Plus. Thank you so much. If you want to take part in discussion, of course, recruiting heavy right now, uh, be sure to, on the Discord server there, uh, be sure to 
Join Gators Breakdown Plus. The link is in the description. So, all right, let's start with the good news. Gator Nation, we got to commit hometown boy out of Gainesville, Gavin Hall. Commits to the Gators, defensive lineman, 6'3", 255 pounds from Gainesville, Buholtz, same as Gators wide receiver, commit Creed Whittlemore. Staying home, play for the Gators. You can watch that uh, on Instagram, his uh, commitment video, and you know how much it meant to him to, to stay home. He's a Gator fan his whole life. Wanted to play in the orange and blue ever since he's been able to play football. And stays home, commits to the Gator. This one kind of happened. Kind of happened fast once we got started hearing his name a bit. A couple weeks ago at a camp for the Gators. Heard that name. Heard it was pretty likely the Gators were going to be his choice. But here he is, a four-star on both services, the 24-7 sports composite, and the own three consensus. Pretty much the same rankings for both sites. On the 24-7 sports composite, Gavin Hill comes in as the 259th overall player, the 38th ranked defensive lineman. On the own three consensus, he's the 258th best player, 37th defensive lineman. See the graphic right there on YouTube. Pretty much the same player on both services. Now, after getting you know, the highest commit in the class a few days ago with Isaiah Nixon, He'll fit at that outside linebacker, Jack Roll. You know, labeled as a defensive lineman as the recruiting services, but at the next level, we'll play outside linebacker, Jack. But he was the highest commit of the class, and now Gavin Hill comes in as the second highest commit in the class. Gators have added to the defensive front seven here with these recent additions with Nixon and Hill. And if you, if you remember, on that Nixon episode, I went through the list of the defensive line targets Florida will be going after. Florida's going to have a really good defensive line class. We'll update that later on in the episode here, just coming up in a couple minutes when we get to that section there. But if you want to look and go back, go and look back at 24-7 sports all-time commit list for the Gators, he'll comes in as the 43rd-ranked defensive lineman. And as a, I'll put that reminder. Since the recruiting services have started in the early 2000s, that's when this stuff has start, um, you know, having a bank of the players there. Go back and look at it. He's right in between Princely Human Mielin, 2020 recruit, and Jane R. Boswick back in 2013. Other players in that range, Andrew Chatfield, the class of 2018, Johnny Brown from 2020, Lloyd Summerall, 2019, Jordan Sherritt, 2013. So he's in that range of players there for the Gators. Now go and look at, you know, I go, I go back and look at the timeline. Sped up pretty fast. And this is one uh, he'll visit after having a great camp session. That camp session, he showed out at defensive line drills, even some tight end uh, to show off his athleticism. Gators offered him, looked like it was only a matter of time before Florida was going to be the pick. Looked like initially uh, the July would be the, the, the timeline for the pick here, uh, but no need to wait any longer. As I said, Florida offered him. Florida wanted him with that offer. Florida clearly wanted Hill. Hill, the hometown recruit, has always wanted to be a Gator, as I said. Suit up in the orange and blue. Uh, and look, it's a 
Also, his mom shared a Facebook video um, when he got that offer. Uh, you could tell how much it meant to him and you know, Napier calling his dad uh, on the phone and how excited he was to ha- have that offer uh, and to share that offer. So good hometown Gainesville story right there. So I mentioned that camp and where Florida was really impressed uh, with what they saw there on Hill. So what kind of player? What kind of player is Florida getting here with Hill, big thanks to Corey Bender from OM3 sending in his scouting report right here of Gavin Hill. Gavin Hill is a versatile defensive lineman who takes on the role of strong side defensive end for his high school. But when you look at his frame and physical makeup, I think it's a guy who could play inside as well. Um, possibly a three technique, just depending on what uh, type of scheme Ford is playing in at that time. Um, he also plays with a lot of effort, shows good pursuit to the football. Um, another thing I definitely like about Gavin Hill is, is his ability to disengage off blocks. He does a good job of keeping his head up so he knows where the football is. And then once the ball carry gets close, he does a good job of shedding and disengaging uh, to make a play on the football. Um, but I think what Florida fans will like the most is his effort. Um, it's a kid, obviously, who lives in Gainesville. He wanted to be for the Gators. He wanted to play for the Gators, excuse me. So you know the effort's always going to be there. That offer means something to him and his family. And uh, I think he's a guy you can be patient with. He's going to add natural weight over the course of his career. And he's a versatile kid who can kind of play inside and out. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There we go. Versatile player there for the Gators up front. uh, Disruptive behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, you go look at the film and look at the pursuit. Yeah, I mean, his motor really stands out. And as Corey said, you know, that motor paired with his desire to be a Gator, his desire to play at Florida. Shouldn't have to worry about this kid at all. Going out there and giving it his all uh, and, and playing with passion for the Gators. So as far as defensive line goes, you add Hill to the recent classes that feature Desmond Watson. Antoine Powell, Christopher Thomas, Tyreek Sapp, Justice Boone, Jamari Lyons, Chris McClellan, Jack Pyburn, Andrew Savanea. And those are the guys that he'll be playing with once he gets on campus, gets ingrained. You know, those are the recent signees around him that you know, this, this, what Florida's defensive line is going to look like in the coming years. All those names right there. And definitely, definitely, more on the way. So I'm going to throw it back up from the last episode. I mean, Florida's going to have their pick here. This, this will be the best overall position group probably for Florida when it's all said and done for the class of 2023. Some of these rankings changed a little bit from last week when I threw this up, but filling out the rest of the defensive line class, filling out defensive tackle, filling out defensive end, Maybe even edge rusher or outside linebacker a little bit according to how these guys can come in and step up. But as I said, Derek LeBlanc, top 100 player in the country. Keldrick Falk, 
another top 100 player in the country. John Walker, one more top 100 player in the country. All three right there in the top 100. Got to feel good where Florida sits for with Blount, maybe even Walker. Still not sure about Falk. We'll see if we get more from him. Uh, but you know, Florida, he's got a decision coming up. See where Florida fits into that. Xavion Hardy, Will Norman, TJ Searcy, Jordan Hall, Cameron James. That rounds out the rest there. Hardy, top 115-ish top player. Will Norman the same. TJ Searcy, a top 150. Jordan Hall in that top 150. Cameron James in the top 250. So, as far as I can tell, and I look, I know we'll get into it in just a second, where trends go, and I know there's not a lot of confidence out there right now, but if there's one you probably should have it in, I'm going to say it's right here in the trenches on defensive line. Sean Spencer, Jamar Chaney, Patrick Tony, all those guys doing a good job up here up front as far as recruiting goes, targeting guys, getting their interest there. Hopefully, 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 pays off there for the Gators. So speaking of targets, speaking of trends, that's where the bad news kind of comes, of course. Got, got the good news there. Very happy for Gavin Hill committing to the Gators. Made Saturday pretty good. I don't know how much it softens the blow for a lot of you out there. For the big one, Jaden Rashad, a quarterback out of California. Oh, man, I tell you, this was a, this was a roller coaster of a, of a recruitment. Um, as we know, he was originally supposed to commit last Saturday. If that was going to happen, Florida was going to be the pick. No doubt in my mind there. But he does delay the decision. Miami gets, you know, Miami puts their foot right there to stop, stop the door from being shut. Gets that visit. That visit in the end pays off as Jaden Rashada picks Miami over Florida. I'm telling you, this was uh, <laughs> this one. It was a roller coaster. Um, went down to the wire between the two schools. Uh, Miami being the pick late in the week. Florida still doing work very, very late. Uh, the commitment got delayed by about 30 minutes. The committing on Sunday at four o'clock. Didn't happen until about 4.20-ish around there. A little bit of wavering going on. A little bit of wondering. But Rashada sticks, picks with Miami there. In the end, that one stings. That one stings. Um, you know, Florida probably right there was their last chance at getting one of the highly regarded quarterbacks in the class of 2023. Most of them already off the board. And then where do you go from here? Start looking at other quarterback targets. Four-star Malachi Singleton from Georgia. He's committed to Arkansas. And he's getting the mix for him. He's a name that's coming up. Four-star Marcus Stokes from Ponte Vedra, right outside of Jacksonville, playing at Nice. Tim Tebow's old school. He's committed to Penn State. So if you look at it that way, you got to flip some guys. Both four stars in their own right. They're not in that top echelon of the quarterbacks when you start looking at it. Is that where you go? Do you wait for the transfer portal? Is that where it goes from here? There's going to be plenty of top, former top quarterbacks who don't see their way to starting roles. Maybe disappointed by that. Transfer portal, especially at the quarterback position, is always going to be open, I think. 
You're going to have some big names year in and year out. How do you weigh that? How do you weigh the guy not get the job done at one school and you want him to come to your school? I mean, most quarterbacks to one position, I think you can get away from that. There are good guys who just are not going to want to wait. They want to get on the field. This may not. I mean, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks that will be starting that it's just going to be tough to break through. Though we will be good quarterbacks in the transfer portal. You're just going to have to make sure you get the right one. Kind of the same for <laughs> recruiting here as well. Singleton, Stokes, two names I think we look out for uh, when you start. I mean, where does Florida go after Jaden Rashad? But that one stings. Yeah, I mean, it really does. Florida was in it. Florida was to pick a week ago. And we knew that visit to Miami was going to happen. It was going to change some things. Definitely change some things. NIL, bag money, however you want to decide it. We'll get into all that in just a second here. We're talking about news of the weekend and Roger Kearney. And another miss right here. FSU led early. FSU was the trend early, but this was my top pick for offensive line. I know there's guys ranked higher than him as far as recruiting rankings go, but for his style of play, his men, men, mean streak, the way he was going to fit into Billy Napier's offense, I think Roger Kearney at an Orange Park in, uh, right outside of Jacksonville, one of my top choices, if not the top choice at offensive line for me. Florida closed the gap a little bit, but FSU always kind of seemed to be that trending school. Florida closed the gap, not enough. Kearney was on his official to Florida and committed to FSU about 30 minutes after leaving Florida's campus. So did something happen? Now, I could sit here and say that it's not the excuse Florida said they didn't want him. No, Florida wanted him. So that, like I said, to, maybe something happened, but it's not where, you know, Florida's, you know, this isn't one of those, ah, we didn't want him anyway. No, that's not what happened here. Florida wanted Kearney. Right up the road in Jacksonville. FSU's to pick there, so in-state, lose currently your top quarterback target to Miami, one of your top offensive line targets to FSU. Florida gets to commit on Saturday of Hill, so busy weekend in the Sunshine State for recruiting. But all eyes are always going to be on Rashada uh, and quarterback and just how big of a battle that was going to be for Florida and Miami. A lot of perception uh, right there uh, with that one. But going back to offensive line, what that kind of means now with Kearney off the board. Still have Peyton Kirkland out there, Lucas Simmons, Miles McVeigh. Go try one more time here with this IMG guy, Francis Maunigua. Probably butchered that, but there we go. Or Maunigua. There we go. I think that might be it. <laughs> uh, Monroe Freeland. You know, all those guys at or near the top of the board. As far as offensive linemen go for Florida, I mean, you've got to hit there. Or Florida, Florida will find numbers, but if you don't get those, some combination of those guys, the star talent overall at the position won't be there. It has to include 
at least one of those guys, but you hope more than one. And don't hit on those guys, much like quarterback. Just at, have to adjust, go down the board. But we know the talent level has to rise on this roster, especially at offensive line. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to make excuses here, but you know, it's one position this, this staff has a pretty good history on as development, but you know, we want to develop the four-star, the five-star at those positions. So those are the names you got to start looking for there. But to me, Kearney, that one hurts. That one hurts a good bit. So you start looking at it. The reasoning. You know, why is Rashada picking Miami? Why is Kearney picking FSU? Why is A.J. Harris picking Georgia? I mean, you're starting to lose some of these targets. I'll get into that in just a second, too. But, you know, what is the reason? NIL, bags, money bags, football reasoning. I mean, for Rashada, we know NIL was a huge, huge factor here, especially going against Miami and the, and the Ruiz storyline and Life Wallet and all that stuff. It was going to play a factor. We knew about that. Napier has his way of going about it. You know, NIL, supposed to be, supposed to be, Current players taking care of, of the current players on the roster. Not an inducement in recruiting, but we know we know the, the storylines there. Not naive to the fact that that's what's happening. Not gonna dig the hand dig the head in the sand there. No, but Napier wants to worry about I mean, and to me rightfully so, worry about the current players. I mean, look, there's major players you'll be cheering for this fall on Florida Field, at Florida Field, that are not at other schools because of Florida's NIL. Big-time players you're cheering for this fall would be at other schools if it wasn't for Florida's NIL. Don't get me wrong. I know we want the, the, the recruits there, but you want Anthony Richardson at another school? You want Jervon Dexter at another school? Florida's NIL is the reason they're still around. A big reason they're still around. Those opportunities that Florida offers there. But at the same time, you know, we're not naive to the fact that NIL's also being recognized by recruits. Not supposed to induce, but it is. It's the nature of, that's the nature of it right now. We knew this was what NIL was going to turn into. Napier has his way of doing it, and we're just going to have to trust or not trust it. He's going to do it his way. It may be right. It may be wrong. Some say we don't need more time to figure that out. He may eventually have to adjust, but he's going to do it his way. Now, a lot of people go and take that bidding war comment to heart. First of all, what else was he supposed to say publicly? We're not getting into a bidding war. That's what he's supposed to say publicly. But if you want to take it, if you want to take it to heart, if you want to... Look at that comment. When, when's enough enough? Scared money don't make money. A lot of people want to throw that in the face as well. That doesn't mean go be stupid with money. You know, there is a value to a recruit once he you know, becomes a player. There has to be a limit. It's not my job, your job, to tell the staff how to go about that part of it. May disagree. 
I may not agree with it. You may not agree with it. But if it doesn't work, better adjust fast. This is what college football is turning into right now. When's that bubble going to burst? We've had this conversation. If this is going to be the world of college football, however long Napier and or the University of Florida wait for the bubble to burst, will it be too late? Even if, if it even comes? I can raise the questions here. There's no easy answers here for why Florida didn't get this guy or that guy. Everybody's looking for answers. No one has the answer. Just guesses and opinions. That might be, it might be right. But you don't have the answer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But looking at it right now, recruiting overall, recruiting as a whole, I told you guys I'd hold off for a lot of critiques until targets start heading elsewhere, and that's starting to happen. The cornerbacks out there, A.J. Harris, Georgia, Mitchell, he's not, not heading to Florida as of now. He wants to play corner. Florida sees him as a safety. Take that as you will. Do you tell the kid uh, he's going to be a cornerback? Get him on campus anyway? Corey Raymond was straight up, man. You're a safety. So, okay. But both those guys heading elsewhere. Look, but Cormani McClain's already a must in the class. And there was talk maybe, look, Florida was never going three for three there. Not, so don't even think about that. Chance to go two for, two for three? Possibly. We always wanted Cormani to be one of those. What, now a Miami, Alabama, Florida battle there, but he's a must in the class, even more so. But those targets right there, Harris, Mitchell, all right, gone. Rashada at quarterback, now gone. Kearney, offensive lineman, now gone. That quarterback, you know, is down the, down the board now for a good, but probably not an elite quarterback right now if you still go to high school route, Florida will probably get a good one. I do think there's some value down the board, but the optics certainly change. And are any, um, you know, are any of the ones that you can get now, are they a lightning rod to, to help recruit other players in the class? I think Rashada had that ability. That's where that one hurts a little bit more. Mentioned Kearney, target there, choosing FSU. There was another target right there staff put a lot of time into. You know, so I said, I wouldn't get worried till some of these targets start popping. Well, that's going to continue into this week as well. At at, at running back, Trayon Webb got his decision coming up on the 30th. If that still sticks and holds true, Baxter, whenever he commits at running back as well, but you know, talking about targets and and commitments coming up, I still think Florida is in a lead in a lead position for Webb, despite what crystal balls 
have been put out there. Baxter, of course, is going to be another big boy battle Florida going to have to get up for. But you know, target's right there at running back. But one coming up with Webb that we'll need to be keeping our eye on. I think Grayson Howard out of Jacksonville, the big-time linebacker, he'll be making a decision soon, soon, probably South Carolina. So, as I said, start looking at targets. If they're not coming to Florida, that's when the concern, that's when the critiques will come in. There's a lot of targets I feel really good on, uh, you know, looking at defense, I feel really good about. Not the same old offense. If right now, with missing on these targets, Florida pretty much needs, absolutely needs to hit on Baxter, Webb, Eugene Wilson, Andy Jean, the offensive lineman I mentioned earlier on that side of the ball to, to, to be a force. If they want this offense to be a force, you're going to have to hit on the rest of those targets. The hole's been dug on that side. See what happens at quarterback as well, high school or transfer. So, look, I know we're all looking for answers as to why it seems to be not trending very positively for Florida right now. I'm not sure there's answers, unfortunately. Not this early in the process. I know everyone wants to try and lay blame at, at NIL or money or how the staff is constructed or booster and administration support, timing of building relationships. And do we ask the hard question? that we pretty much know the answer to already? What's, what's Florida to recruit right now? It's certainly not the Florida of old. And I think this, this staff is doing everything right behind the scenes. Everything. But it's not closing the deal. Do we just fall back to, you know, Florida's not Florida. Not what we want Florida to be anyway. What weight does Florida hold out there in the recruiting world? I think all those things play a part. And they're different for every recruit out there. Some weigh it heavier. I mean, I'm sure the, the staff's trying to figure it out as well. I don't think they're happy about all this. But I, as we've said, how fast can you change? How fast can you adapt? I don't think there's easy answers out there. And for however you feel about recruiting, probably based a lot on expectations. You know, Napier was hired to ignite recruiting. We know that. We're not, I'm not hiding behind that fact. At the same time, be a little bit smart about it. I never thought he was going to come in and out-recruit Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo, Ryan Day, Riley at USC from the get-go. Never, never thought that. What sense does that make on the surface? Not a lot. I mean, somebody wants to poll Gator Nation when Billy Napier's hired. All right, next year, forget about the transition class, but go straight to the bump class. Is Billy Napier going to out-recruit Nick Saban? Nope. Kirby Smart? Nope. Jimbo? No. Ryan Day? No. Riley at USC? Nope. No way. But at the same time, top 10-ish should have been, should have been, very well still could be part of this class but probably should have been very likely. But that's getting, that's getting harder to come by at the moment. The opportunity's still there. I don't know how likely it is. Six months ago, I told you it was likely. I don't know if I lean that way now. There's something wrong there. 
And look, I know we all know what history says about bump classes and their relationship and their relation to winning fast. I don't think winning that fast was ever in the cards. Now the equalizer was to going, to, going to go get a QB to elevate the team. Like, I don't think you were going to out, I don't think you were going to class-wise out-recruit those guys that I mentioned, but could you go get the big quarterback to make up the difference? And Rashada was the last chance of doing that, I think. Now, I think you could probably go get a portal quarterback who has those same, those same high school stats, those same, that same stature in high school, that same star ranking around that. You might be able to get that. But what does that I mean? How does that translate? I don't, I don't know. So as far as high school recruiting goes at that position, that doesn't seem likely at the, at the moment either. So if your expectation was to come in and recruit at the highest of levels, then you're certainly disappointed. I'll probably fall somewhere behind that. Never thought they were going to come out here and recruit those guys, out-recruit those guys right away. Then especially seeing how NIL is changing everything. The transfer portal is changing everything. I think Napier, I think it caught him by surprise a little bit. certainly caught me by surprise a little bit how fast it's all moving. How fast can you adjust? Will you adjust? I mean, that was one of the biggest. I think he will. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but that is just a guess. I mean, a lot of. Apologize. There's a lot of guessing going on. I know. I think a lot of you out there are doing the same thing. But. How fast can you adapt? That's what we. Especially going back to last staff. And I hate to keep bringing that up. But they you know that was one detractor. Keeping staff members. Much longer than, than needed. Recruiting strategy. Waiting too long to change that. You know, we've heard about Billy Napier and the notebook and taking notes each and every day. What does he learn from taking those notes each and every day now? think we need to trust him. Let him do it his way. I don't know the timeline for when he's going to look at it and say, okay, it's time to change this, time to change that. A lot going on. No, I'm kind of all over the place in this episode. I know a lot of uh, Gator Nation out there frustrated, disappointed. I think disappointed might be the right word. Frustration to a point. A lot of overreaction out there too, I think. Not gonna try, I'm not going to call any examples out or anything. I'm not going to tell you how to think. I mean, they don't get me wrong. Tweets at staff members and recruits and all that, taking it too far. And I do know for sure you know, recruits' parents are out there seeing this, making comments to the staff about seeing this. Right or wrong, I'm not telling you what to do, how to think. But there are consequences for those type of things. Gator Nation, to me, is the best fan base out there. One of the most passionate fan bases out there. Let's not take that passion the wrong way. But all right. Put a smile on the face there. That's a good recruit, Gavin Hill, on Saturday. Looking forward to see what he can do for the Gators, but not going to dig my head in the sand. I'll put that out there one more time. Not going to hide behind the fact, you know, Florida lost out on the quarterback. 
Florida lost out on the top target at offensive line. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not all doom and gloom either. As hard as it is, I know what early signs say out there a lot of the times, but what else can we do but wait? What else can we do but show some patience? Billy Napier hasn't even coached a game yet, and that's what's going to change there. Let's give him some time to see how his way works. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I know a little bit of somber here toward the end, but kind of just the way things are right now. Uh, later this week, Will Miles, Bill Sykes. You know, when we all three get together, uh, the reputation for discussing these type of topics are uh, way up there. <laughs> so, uh, look, at the time when I scheduled Bill to come on with, with Will and I, it certainly was looking like Jaden Rashada was going to be a Gator. There was going to be a lot of hoopla and a lot of maybe rejoice there. We'll have to pivot. We'll have to adjust <laughs> and bring up certain topics. So uh, that'll be what to look out for. And also on Wednesday, uh, good friend David Serdiquist from his podcast, Getting Swamped. Uh, he's, at, or he's on Gators Breakdown Plus as well. Uh, but he and I will be hosting a Gator Collective Spaces Wednesday nights. Now, I'm trying to remember all the names off the top of my head, but Montreal Johnson, Naquan Wright, Lorenzo Lingard, Osiris Torrance, and I think we've got Kingsley Egwakon right before I started this episode. So that'll be you know, a run game with the offensive line and the running backs, very heavy-focused Twitter spaces. Brought to you by the Gator Collective there on Wednesday night. So that one should be a whole lot of fun. We get to talk uh, with the guys from Louisiana who transferred with Billy Napier, of course. Uh, so we kind of focusing on the offensive line, focusing on uh, the run game on the, the Twitter spaces coming up. So a lot coming up right here on Gators Breakdown. We'll there Wednesday night. We'll get the shift away from recruiting a little bit, have some fun with the players. Uh, the next week, probably – of course. Now, I think, you know, some commits for Florida, um, if, they're, if they happen in the next few days, week or so, of course, I'll cover it here. But as far as main episodes go, uh, going to start focusing more back on the football side of things. Preseason magazines are out. We're certainly head on that like we do every year. SEC Media Days in a few weeks. Getting geared up and ready for that as well. So pure football away from the recruiting side. Uh, getting ramped up as well right here on Gators Breakdown. So there's a look at what's coming up, uh, of course, here on the podcast. One more time, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, leave some comments there. I know I know the comments will be heavy uh, for this one. Uh, so be respectful. You know, Maybe <laughs> calm down on the tax a little bit. Um, I'm talking about each other. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but um, you know, we'll get through it. And um, we'll... We'll follow it right here, all, all, all on Gators Breakdown. So that'll do it for this episode. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.